O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Saturday, December 18th. Shabbat Shalom. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit, as it is written in Romans 10.17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken Word of God, it is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The Word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we finish up the Torah portion, Vayeki, and it means, And he lived. Genesis 50, 21-26 And so, fear not, I will sustain you and your children. Thus he reassured them, speaking kindly to them. So Joseph and his father's household remained in Egypt. Joseph lived 110 years. Joseph lived to see children of the third generation of Ephraim. The children of Maker, son of Manasseh, were likewise born upon Joseph's knees. At length, Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die. Hashem will surely take notice of you and bring you up from this land to the land that he promised on oath to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. So Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, When Hashem has taken notice of you, you shall carry my bones up from here. Joseph died at the age of 110 years, and he was embalmed and placed in a coffin in Egypt. Habakkuk 1, 1 to 3, 19. The pronouncement made by the Navi Habakkuk. How long, Hashem, shall I cry out and you not listen? Shall I shout to you violence and you shall not save? Why do you make me see iniquity? Why do you look upon wrong? Raiding and violence are before me. Strife continues and contention goes on. That is why decision fails and justice never emerges. 
for the villain hedges in on the just man, therefore judgment emerges deformed. Look upon the nations, observe well, and be utterly astounded. For a work is being wrought in your days which you would not believe if it were told. For lo, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that fierce, impetuous nation, who cross the earth's wide spaces to seize homes not their own. They are terrible and dreadful. They make their own laws and rules. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fleeter than wolves of the steppe. Their steeds gallop, their steeds come flying from afar. Like vultures rushing toward food, they all come bent on rapine. The thrust of their van is forward, and they amass captives like sand. Kings they hold in derision, and princes are a joke to them. They laugh at every fortress, they pile up earth and capture it. Then they pass on like the wind, they transgress and incur guilt, for they ascribe their might to their God. You, Hashem, are from everlasting. My holy Hashem, you never die. Hashem, you have made them a subject of contention. O rock, you have made them a cause for complaint. You whose eyes are too pure to look upon evil, who cannot countenance wrongdoing, why do you countenance treachery and stand by idle while the one in the wrong devours the one in the right? You have made mankind like the fish of the sea, like creeping things that have no ruler. He has fished them all up with a line, pulled them up in his trawl, and gathered them in his net. That is why he rejoices and is glad. That is why he sacrifices to his trawl and makes offerings to his net. For through them his portion is rich and his nourishment fat. Shall he then keep emptying his trawl? and slaying nations without pity? I will stand on my watch and take up my station at the post and wait to see what he will say to me, what he will reply to my complaint. Hashem answered me and said, Write the prophecy down, inscribe it clearly on tablets so that it can be read easily, for there is yet a prophecy for a set time, a truthful witness for a time that will come. Even if it tarries, wait for it still, for it will surely come without delay. Lo, his spirit within him is puffed up, not upright, but the righteous man is rewarded with life for his fidelity. How much less, then, shall the defiant go unpunished, the treacherous, arrogant man who has made his maw as wide as Sheol, who is as insatiable as death, who has harvested all the nations and gathered in all the peoples. Surely all these shall pronounce a satire against him, a pointed epigram concerning him. They shall say, Ah, you who pile up what is not yours, how much longer, and make ever heavier your load of indebtedness. Right suddenly will your creditors arise, and those who remind you will awake, and you will be despoiled by them. Because you plundered many nations, all surviving peoples shall plunder you. For crimes against men and wrongs against lands, against cities and all their inhabitants. Ah, you who have acquired gains to the detriment of your own house, who have destroyed many peoples, in order to set your nest on high to escape disaster. 
You have plotted shame for your own house and guilt for yourself. For a stone shall cry out from the wall, and a rafter shall answer it from the woodwork. Ah, you have built a town with crime, and established a city with infamy. So the peoples have had to toil for the fire, and nations to weary themselves for naught. Behold, it is from the Lord of hosts, Yahweh Saviot. For the earth shall be filled with awe for the glory of Hashem, as water covers the sea. Ah, you who make others drink to intoxication, as you pour out your wrath in order to gaze upon their nakedness. You shall be sated with shame rather than glory. Drink in your turn and stagger. The cup in the right hand of Hashem shall come around to you, and disgrace to your glory. For the lawlessness against Lebanon shall cover you. The destruction of beasts shall overwhelm you. For crimes against men and wrongs against lands, against cities and all their inhabitants. What has the carved image availed, that he who fashioned it has carved it for an image and a false oracle, that he who fashioned his product has trusted in it, making dumb idols? Ah, you who say, Wake up to wood, and awaken to inert stone. Can that give an oracle? Why is it encased in gold and silver, but there is no breath inside it? But Hashem, in his holy abode, be silent before him all the earth. A prayer of the Navi Habakkuk in the mode of Shigenoth. O Hashem, I have learned of your renown. I am awed, Hashem, by your deeds. Renew them in these years. O make them known in these years. Though angry, may you remember compassion. Hashem is coming from Teman, the Holy One, from Mount Paran, Selah. His majesty covers the skies. His splendor fills the earth. It is a brilliant light which gives off rays on every side, and therein his glory is enveloped. Pestilence marches before him. A plague comes forth at his heels. When he stands, he makes the earth shake. When he glances, he makes nations tremble. The age-old mountains are shattered. The primeval hills sink low. His are the ancient routes. As a scene of havoc I behold the tents of Kushan. Shaken are the pavilions of the land of Midian. Are you wrath, Hashem, with Naharim? Is your anger against Naharim, your rage against Yam, that you are driving your steeds, your victorious chariot? All bared and ready is your bow. Sworn are the rods of the word, Selah. You make the earth burst into streams. The mountains rock at the sight of you. A torrent of rain comes down. Loud roars the deep. The sky returns the echo. Sun and moon stand still on high. As your arrows fly in brightness, your flashing spear in brilliance. You tread the earth in rage, you trample nations in fury. You have come forth to deliver your people, to deliver your anointed. You will smash the roof of the villain's house, raise it from the foundation to top. Selah. You will crack his skull with your bludgeon. Blown away shall be his warriors, whose delight is to crush me suddenly, to devour a poor man in an ambush. 
You will make your steeds tread the sea, stirring the mighty waters. I heard, and my bowels quaked. My lips quivered at the sound. Rot entered into my bone. I trembled where I stood. Yet I wait calmly for the day of distress for a people to come to attack us. Though the fig tree does not bud, and no yield is on the vine, though the olive crop has failed, and the fields produce no grain, though sheep have vanished from the fold, and no cattle are in the pen, yet I will rejoice in Hashem and exult in the God who delivers me. My Hashem is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's, and he lets me stride upon the heights. Revelation 9, 1-21 And the fifth angel sounded, and I, John, saw a star from heaven unto the fall from the heavens to the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them, that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they might, that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he strikes a man. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared to battle, and on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates, as it were, breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue his name is Apollyon. One woe is past, and behold, there come two woes more hereafter. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year, for to slay the third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were two hundred thousand thousand, and I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision, and them that sat on them having breastplates of fire, and of jacinth and brimstone, and the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions, and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. 
By these three was the third part of men killed, by the fire, and by the smoke, and by the brimstone, which issued out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth, and in their tails. For their tails were like unto serpents, and had heads, and with them they do hurt. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murderers, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. Psalm 137, 1-9 By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yes, we wept. When we remembered Zion, we hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song, and that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember you, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. Remember, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem, who said, Raise it, raise it, even to the foundation thereof. O daughter of Babylon, who are to be destroyed, happy he shall be that rewards you as you have served us. Happy shall he be that takes and dashes your little ones against the stones. Proverbs 30.10 Accuse not a servant unto his master, lest he curse you, and you be found guilty. I'd like to speak to you today from Habakkuk, and it's a short little book, a minor prophet tucked away. But when we read this book, it sounds like it could be ripped from today's headlines. It's extremely relevant to what our world is going through today. Habakkuk lived in the time when Israel was about to be invaded by the Babylonians, and Israel was going to be taken away into captivity, and there was raiding and marauding and violence and strife and contention going on. And he asks a very deep question of the Lord. He asks him in chapter 1, verse 4, well, he says, This is why decision fails and justice never emerges, for the villain hedges in the just man. Therefore, judgment emerges deformed. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows, Having acknowledged the existence of evil, Habakkuk presents the key issue of the book. When the wicked prevail, not only do righteous people suffer, but the Torah itself is weakened. In the Bible, justice and righteousness are intertwined. Without one or the other, the Torah is used by evildoers to entrap the righteous 
for their own selfish gain. When people see that evil succeeds at the expense of the righteous, then God's teachings cannot influence others to be righteous and just. So continuing on in this same chapter, Habakkuk gets to his question that he wants to ask of the Lord. Let's look at verse 12 and 13. You, Hashem, are from everlasting. My holy Hashem, you never die. Hashem, you have made them a subject of contention. O rock, you have made them a cause for complaint. You whose eyes are too pure to look upon evil, who cannot countenance wrongdoing, why do you countenance treachery and stand by idly while the one in the wrong devours the one in the right. He wants to know why is evil being allowed to prevail? Why are the evil doers, those who practice iniquity and corruption and oppression, why are they being allowed to triumph and trump upon the righteous? Habakkuk simply cannot understand that. He saw tremendous violence going on in the cities. Look in chapter 2 with me at verse 12. Ah, you who have built a town with crime and established a city with infamy, so that peoples have had to toil for the fire and nations to weary themselves for nothing. Behold, it is from the Lord of hosts. So, right now in America, The murder rate has absolutely skyrocketed in in the major cities of America. In L.A., recently, a police officer was on, and he advised tourists to stay away from Los Angeles. He said, if you come, we cannot protect you. There is so much uh, thievery and shootings and killings and murder going on and mayhem. Same thing in Chicago. Very high murder rate going on in Chicago, in Seattle, in San Francisco, in New York, because of the whole defund the police movement um, and the practice of liberal prosecutors that do the catch and release system, that you catch a criminal and then you release them and you let them go and put them back out on the streets and you don't prosecute. So we're seeing crime and murder skyrocketing in the major cities of America. And so likewise, that's what was going on in the time of Habakkuk. And he's questioning the Lord, why are you allowing this to go on? What are you going to do about it? And when are you going to hear my cry and answer my prayer? Let's look at verse 14. For the earth shall be filled with awe for the glory of Hashem as water covers the sea. Here Habakkuk describes a great future for the entire world upon the return of God's people to Eretz Israel. One of Israel's leading statesmen, Yigal Alon, eloquently defined modern Zionism for world leaders in an address to the United Nations in 1975. Zionism is the modern expression of the ancient Jewish heritage. Zionism is the national liberation movement of a people exiled 
from its historic homeland and dispersed among the nations of the world. Zionism is the redemption of an ancient nation from a tragic lot and the redemption of a land neglected for centuries. Zionism is the revival of an ancient language and culture in which the vision of a universal peace has been a central theme. Zionism is the embodiment of a unique pioneering spirit, of the dignity of labor and of enduring human values. Zionism is creating a society, however imperfect it may still be, which tries to implement the highest ideal of democracy, political, social, and cultural, for all the inhabitants of Israel, irrespective of religious belief, race, or sex. Zionism is, in sum, the constant and unrelenting effort to realize the national and universal vision of the prophets of Israel. So, we have a vision, and one day Zion will be born. Zion, the nation. Right now we have secular Israel, and secular Israel was reborn in May of 1948. And secular Israel does not uh, meet the ideal, the principles of what is described here in the Bible of a restored nation. Zion will include all 12 tribes, not just the Jewish people. It will include the northern kingdom, who are still in exile throughout all the nations of the world. The northern kingdom, as I've said frequently, is it includes the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel, and they have never returned to the land. They, they were went into exile um, in about 720 A.D., and they've never returned, or 720 B.C., 720 B.C., and, and they they were assimilated and absorbed into Assyria, and then from there scattered to all nations of the earth. So Habakkuk is looking at his nation falling. It's in flames. It's being destroyed. It's being uh, militarily attacked, and he wonders, where are you, God, in all of this? Where are you? What is your plan here? And we could similarly have same kinds of questions today. Where are you, God, in all of this? Throughout the nations of the world, we see in Australia and in Germany and in France, extreme tyranny being executed and implemented with the unvaccinated treated as second-class citizens, with the unvaccinated being hauled off to internment camps in Australia and in Germany, uh, where the unvaccinated are not allowed to participate in the public arena of life. They cannot go to restaurants or travel on a plane or a train. Uh, maybe they're not even allowed to go to work anymore. Um, and so they're trying to implement those same kind of draconian measures in America, but there's been some pushback, and people are going to court and filing lawsuits. But many people are suffering throughout the world because the globalists are using this whole pandemic as an excuse to implement global tyranny, and many are suffering. And so we wonder in all of this, where are you, God? Where are you? And yet, the closing verses in this tiny little book tucked away 
helps us to refocus. It helps us to refocus and to take our eyes off of the circumstances and put them back upon the Lord. And so Habakkuk, after spending this time in prayer and seeking the Lord and asking his questions, knowing that his nation is about to be militarily attacked and many will die and many will be taken away into captivity, this is how he concludes this tiny little book. Verse 16, chapter 3, verse 16, I heard and my bowels quaked. My lips quivered at the sound. Rot entered into my bone. I trembled where I stood. Yet I wait calmly for the day of distress for our people to come to attack us. Though the fig tree does not bud and no yield is on the vine, though the olive crop has failed and the fields produce no grain, Though sheep have vanished from the fold, and no cattle are in the pen, yet will I rejoice in Hashem and exult in the God who delivers me. My Hashem is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's and lets me stride upon the heights. So he refocuses. He takes his eyes off the circumstances, and he puts his eyes upon the Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the God who delivers me. So, when circumstances press down upon us and things become too heavy to bear, that is so important that we take time to be alone with our Father in our prayer closet, in that special place where you go to meet with Him. And spend time with him and put your eyes upon him. I think of the old song, the old classical hymn. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full on his wonderful face. And the things of the world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. We will wait upon the Lord and he will deliver us. Have a blessed day. Shalom. Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you.
peace.